Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Through the Curtain. This podcasting series highlights members of the professional wrestling industry, whether they be on-air talent, in-ring talent, out-of-the-ring talent, or even super fans. Listen as they give their stories of wrestling, thoughts on wrestling, and thoughts on things outside of wrestling. So stay tuned, because this is Through the Curtain. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to this first installment of Through the Curtain, our interview show, part of the No Spots podcast tree of shows. Uh, I am DC's People's Champ, and I am glad to have with me today uh, for the first installment of this show someone who I consider a very good friend, uh, a man who has been, uh, who is a professional wrestler, wrestling manager, wrestling promoter, and, and now podcaster himself. Uh, I would like to introduce you guys to Sean Carlson, who also goes by his ring name of Money, Mark Carlson. Sean, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? That is probably the best introduction I've ever had. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> Listen, that's that's one thing people will tell you about me uh, is that I will intro the hell out of you so well. It's just like, wait, I was not expecting that. Hell, Chris Kazama said when we used to do this those uh, podcast in the beginning, he would just he would be so amazed by my the way I intro him in, and I was the A mic. <laughs> Yo, I literally you put me over more than I ever put myself over, and I try to put myself over every chance I get. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad to do it. I'm glad to do it. Glad you were able to take time to um to join me here for this uh, little interview and everything like that. Uh, for everybody listening to us, of course, we are on uh, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcasts and platforms available through Anchor. So make sure you're checking out this episode, uh, and also make sure you check out the full No Spots podcast with myself, the Sif, and Don Wrestling every Sunday is at Sunday at 10 uh, on these podcasts and platforms as well. All right, Sean, I'm going to go go ahead and throw out the most the generic ask a wrestler question that people mostly ask in these types of things. What brought you to professional wrestling? What what made you want to become to be a part of this industry? All right. Well, you hit me. You hit me with a left there. I, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so how I got into pro wrestling was, um, so not to start out on a downer, but that sounds like the road we're going on. Um, so when I was about six or seven, I grew up in a really abusive household. My dad was a super abusive person to my mother, my brother and I, and, um, I ended up falling in love with professional wrestling. My mom didn't really care what time we went to bed. We were in one of those kind of houses where the parents kind of let the kids do whatever they want. And my brother would always tune in to Monday Night WCW Nitro. And uh, the first episode that really hooked me was there was these guys in suits just coming out. And Arn Anderson was just, I didn't know who he was at the time, but he's introducing these guys. And uh, the words that really caught me right off of Jump Street for wrestling was he told D. Malenko, which again, I didn't know who he was. But he said, if there was ever a horseman, you would be him. And I was like, this guy loves that man. I wish my dad would say something to me like that. And just the energy and the raw emotion of then Ric Flair coming out and the crowd going insane. I, I was all in. 
And since then, I've watched wrestling as much as I possibly could, and it just hooked me. That's what I was going to ask you also. I, I noticed that a lot of times uh, people who are a part of, uh, part of the industry don't normally watch it outside of maybe their own their own product or anything like that. Do you find yourself watching AEW or WWE or Impact or anything like that? Or is it more so watching more of your pro- your own product or maybe some of the other indie products and stuff like that? Yeah, so as far as indie products go, it's really hard to, to watch other indie products because, um, for me anyway, um, just because you, you don't want to get stuck in, oh, I would do this or I would do that, or maybe I could take that guy and do that. I watch a lot of promos and stuff from guys. I feel that's the best way, and I'll watch matches if they send them to me and ask for advice or if they're sending them to me to book them. Um, as far as on a national level, I'll watch something like a TNA pay-per-view, like I'll watch a Slammiversary or I'll watch AEW here and there, but I just can't get into WWE anymore. Um, nothing against them. It's just I, I just can't get behind it. I don't know what it is. I guess maybe since I've watched it so long, I kind of feel like it's all just regurgitated constantly. And uh, I just can't continue to watch it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there um, that feel the same way about WWE. I mean, you look at their ratings uh, for their for their two flagship shows that uh, bef- back in the day were in the four to five millions in terms of viewership. And now they can barely crack one and a half million and things of that nature. Uh, but that's interesting that, you know, you still do kind of follow the product uh, outside of what you uh, outside of being a part it um you are a promoter as i mentioned uh you created one cw pro wrestling which recently celebrated its 10 anniversary so i i said it to you before i say it to you again congratulations on that 10 years uh indie company that's not a that's not an easy feat (laughs) yeah so um so i didn't actually create one cw one cw was created by my partner sean hardy i jumped in about three years ago and helped him but uh it's been 10 years for the company and uh it was something that he was uh, he he had been injured with his back injury and he was kind of coming out. And to be honest with you, a lot of guys were ta- a lot of guys in this business, believe it or not. I'm saying that sarcastically in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> we're taking advantage of him and uh, he needed a front man. And uh, with all due respect, Sean Hardy is an amazing guy and he's got great uh, instincts with this business. Um, one thing he's never had is a dude who's not a yes man to be his partner or to be a top decision maker with her with him. And I think the one reason me and him joined up is because he doesn't like all my ideas and I don't like all his ideas and that's okay. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we, we agree to either go one way or the other. There's been times that I didn't like what we do and I go with it because it's part of his company. And there's been, I think a lot of times that he doesn't like what I did, but we go with it because we're partners. And I think that's the best way to go about the business is um, like I, he's very old school and I'm very, I wouldn't say even very new school because there's a lot of new school shit I can't stand or stuff I can't stand. Sorry. I don't know if we can cuss or not, but uh, no, you can't. This is, this okay. is open form. You got, you got it. Yeah. So there's a lot of new shit that I don't really care for. And you know, some stuff that I'm just like, eh, so we have a great we have a great concept that we'd love to follow and then we can both bounce each other off of that. But uh, it's a great it's a great company. And I feel we've done a lot to really make ourselves relevant. I mean, when we came back, I guess you should say the one CW. I mean, Delaware Wrestling was dead. I don't care what anybody else says. Delaware Wrestling was dead. And I feel like when we came back, it brought life to the fans of Del- the state of Delaware and it brought new fans in. And 
I feel like we're the best company in Delaware. And um, I always say if somebody has to challenge me, they can show me their ticket stubs and see if they can challenge me. But um, I feel we've done really great, great for the state of Delaware. You know, I've, I've been following 1CW for about a year, for about a few months now. And I've seen how, how, how much support that you guys have, uh, not just with, uh, not just with the folks in Delaware, but outside of Delaware as well. And I, I'm pr- I promise you, one of these days when when y'all have shows back again, I'll make that long drive from from Northern Virginia to to Delaware to a show. I will, because you know I I feel that passionately about independent wrestling. But speaking of what's been going on, we already know what's going on in the world like, uh, right now with this uh, global pandemic. Uh, one uh, wrestling website closed at the Global Bastard, um, and it's really taken its toll. Uh, on independent wrestling, wouldn't you agree? I mean, it's this this thing has really caused independent wrestling to be almost near extinction. I may be extreme saying that, but wouldn't you agree that this is global pandemic has really taken its toll on independent wrestling as a whole? Um, yes, I, I would say it's definitely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say it's definitely taken a, a hit to uh, independent wrestling. You know. We're not running shows. We're not really doing things. But I will be 100% honest and say this is a break we might have all needed. And what I mean that by that is there are so many times that you get burned out in this business, whether you're a worker, whether you're a fan, whether you're a promoter, whether you're a booker. Um, I believe you do get burned out, and sometimes your work will show that. You'll see a guy that's been wrestling for five years, and then all of a sudden you'll watch one of his matches, and you'll go, wow, he does not look normal. He doesn't look the same. And then you'll see him a year later and he's, you're like, oh, that's the guy I remember, but you didn't see him for that long. Sometimes a lot of us need that break. And I think uh, with everything that's happened during this pandemic, as far as the speak out movement and as far as like people showing their true colors, I think this is a great time for wrestling to kind of weed out the bad and kill off a lot of things that we've had wrong with this business for so long that we've idly let stay because there's never a time to cut it out. There's always somebody saying oh well you know this is going on so we can't worry about that or this is going on because we can't worry about that well nothing's going on so let's clean the trash out now um like a lot of people when this pandemic started they started spring cleaning um same thing with the business let's clean this up and then that way when we do come back it's stronger than ever okay yeah um no i agree with the pandemic and then um you know as you mentioned the speaking out movement uh, which we talked about on our podcast, we, we us in the three count podcast a couple months back when it first broke. Uh, we feel that yeah, you're right. This is most likely the, what was needed to give the independents, you know, at least the independent smaller promotions time to like recharge and uh, come back stronger than ever, and their fans will be like back. They may not be back in droves off the initial initially, but slow, slowly but surely they'll be back in droves and they'll be like, wow, you know, I really missed this. Like, trust me, I'm sitting here wish, you know, wishing that that upcoming Fight Club Pro show that's coming up, I could go to because I'm like, I really want some live wrestling in my face. Um, so um, <clears throat> with 1CW, uh, you, you work there as a promoter. Uh, you've always, you said, you said earlier that you don't watch too much of the current product because you don't want to take away what's going on there and maybe apply it to your own promotion. Um, 
but have there, have, have there been any kind of times where that may have happened maybe once or twice where you saw something on uh on impact that said i wonder if that'll work here has, has that ever happened oh yeah i mean that happens with a lot of things that's why i continually watch some older stuff um because i feel like you know that can play like it's not been regurgitated yet so maybe i could use that or um for example the stable i run the now era and it was miles myself uh mr grim and we had a few others but at the beginning of it the whole idea of the now era was in theory and everybody was like oh it's the nwo no in theory we were aces and eights in theory i used the aces and eights storyline to kind of start us out you know, and build who we were because we slowly went from just me and Grim to we added a bigger guy. Oh, there we go. And then all of a sudden we surrounded the ring with Miles and I got in the ring and he hugged me and we beat the hell out of who he was wrestling and he won the Cruiserweight title. So we kind of used that storyline more of, hey, this is who we are, not the NWO storyline. But I've definitely watched new product and saw it um, for example, with tag team wrestling being really strong in AEW, um, I said this the other day to my partner, I think that we can make the tag team division in 1CW just as strong as that. And there's so many good tag teams right now that are being underutilized that we could do that. And uh, I think that's one thing I'm taking away and going to start using. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, one thing people tell you about me, if you listen to my podcast, I say it a lot. My favorite aspect of professional wrestling is tag team wrestling like i'm a big tag team wrestling enthusiast i love the i love it i hate the fact that wwe when with all the classic tag teams they've had uh their tag team division is currently lacking uh, impacts tag team division is starting to get a little bit it's starting to bring itself back uh nxt is it's hit or miss but you're right aew's tag team division is one of the best uh, if not the best in the world right now, especially during this uh, global pandemic, empty arena sort of era, uh, they've really continued to 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 raise the bar when it comes to tag team wrestling. Uh, speaking of AEW, I want to know what was your thoughts when your best your guy your guy Grim walked out AEW dark to wrestle on in front of a national audience. Uh, um. I mean, I would be very remiss if I didn't say my girlfriend's Snapchat was funny as hell. I was going crazy. I mean, you see somebody that you know that's worked so hard for that opportunity and then they get it. And uh, I don't I mean, like this is I mean, this isn't common knowledge, but this is it's been far enough put away now. But the week before or two weeks before, you know, I did an open ring in my house, even despite the pandemic, invited a few people just so that way he could get some ring time because I didn't want him rusty. That is literally my best friend. And I was so happy to see him. And, and it's so good when you see good people get wins, you know what I mean? Like that was a win for him to be on there. Um, it was something like, like a lot of people, they hold grim and weird. Like, I, I don't know how to put it. Like they find him different than what he really is. They think because of how he acts, he's an asshole. But a lot of times he's a really good, like my girlfriend didn't like him off a jump because she felt he was an arrogant asshole. And I was like, you just don't understand Grim. Like he's not friends with you when he gets there. He's there for business. Like he's not one of these, oh, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. He's one of the, all right, what am I doing? All right, how can I make this the best as possible? And then after he's done his match, he's all good. But he's one of the ones that puts so much pressure on himself 
and works so hard to make everything perfect that he is all about business. And I think that gives him a bad rap sometimes because I think the one thing he does do is love this business. So to see somebody that loves this business, that works super hard, finally get that shot was amazing. I wouldn't matter if he's my best friend or not. Just to see somebody that I know works that hard get it was amazing. Yeah, I, I feel you. I'm glad you mentioned that you said two weeks prior you got gave him some ring time to get out get out, get out the ring rust because I can tell you really love wrestling because of how you use wrestling to do a gender reveal. <laughs> tell people about that. <laughs> that was cool. That yes. was brilliant, by the way. That was very brilliant. I love every minute of it, by the way. But tell the people about that. So um me, Dewey, and I want to say it was Miles and somebody else, or maybe it was just us three. We were coming back from PA last September or August, and we were shooting the shit, driving six-hour drive at night, and we were shooting the shit, and uh, I don't know, it just popped in my head, and I was like, you know what? Grim's got pink gear. If I ever had a baby reveal, he would wrestle as the girl. And I think Miles and Dewey were like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I just started breaking it down. And Dewey had just went through training. I had trained him to become a referee. So he just became a referee. And I was like, now you can be the referee. And then I jokingly said to Miles, I have to get you some blue tights. And this was in September. You know, me and my girlfriend had just started dating at that time. So February comes and I guess March comes technically. And she's like, I'm pregnant. It, I was like, I literally looked at her and I said, this is what I want to do. And she was like, dude, I don't care. I'm pregnant. Like, that's the least of my worry. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So from then on, it was always set. And Miles got blue gear just for it. I mean, I'm sure he's going to use it again, but he got blue gear to do it. And it was something that, again, I mean, as soon as she found out she was pregnant, we all knew that this was going to happen. So it was really amazing. Yeah, no, like I said, I've seen I've seen some gender reveals, but that was the first time I seen an actual wrestling match where the winner was what the gender of the child was going to be. And you guys are having uh, y'all guys. So we are back. Uh, had a little bit of technical difficulties, uh, but we're just going to pick up from where we left off. We were we were talking about uh, at the end there. Uh, the gender reveal that you guys had and you found out you're going to have a girl, correct? Yes, Kyla Elizabeth. She'll be here at the end of October. Hopefully, fingers crossed, happy and healthy. Yes, indeed. That's that's the one thing you got to pray for always. Um, and, and like, let me tell you something. Uh, fatherhood is... Um, <clears throat> Fatherhood is, is a different animal. Let me tell you, it's a different, different animal. One of the things, though, that I can always, I can tell you is always remember it's all about the mom, number one. <laughs> like, sorry to tell you, it's going to be always about the mom, number one. Um, and number two is just, you know, when you feel like you're not doing enough, trust me, you are. Always say, say to yourself that you're doing enough, but you can do more. That's the best way to, to look at fatherhood and things of that nature. That's how I am with my son. And he's six. <laughs> um, and make sure I keep that in mind. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so um, I want to shift gears just a little bit. We'll get back to wrestling uh, towards the end here. But I, but another part that we mentioned in the intro is is that you are a podcaster now. You have your own podcast. Uh, why don't you tell the people out there on on that's listening about your podcast? Yeah, it kind of comes full circle, right? I mean, I got in the wrestling business because of a podcast, and now here I am doing another podcast. But the podcast I'm doing now is not wrestling related. This is more of a 
me kind of giving how I got through my darkest days. Um, for those of you all who don't know me and happen to be listening to this, um, two years ago in 2018, my uh, dad died. I was divorced. Um, I got, I caught my ex-wife cheating on me with another dude in my house that I bought. I had built for 25 years. I had worked so hard to finally get a piece of property, a house, all this stuff. And in the matter of a week, it was gone. I started to find God. I know that sounds corny, but I started to find God in my own way. And uh, during that, I ended up losing my father. Now, me and my father had been estranged for like five years. So I didn't get the closure of me and my dad dying. So I went through a real depressive state for about two years. And it took about three months of me just finding myself and telling myself I loved myself and finding that love in myself to finally get my head on straight. And now, of course, I have a child on the way and I have a beautiful girlfriend. But uh, it's kind of more of the struggles of how I got out of the darkness, um, my suicide attempts um, from A to B. And I'm going to have a lot of other people on talking about their struggles and what motivated them to get out of their struggles. And I think it's going to be a really cool podcast for people to share their experiences on. And I think that's my whole goal of it. Yeah, that does sound like a really good podcast to listen to. I know you put out an episode uh, this week, that the week that we're recording, you put out your first episode this week. Yeah, yeah, it was about relationships, and I kind of, it, it was actually a blessing in disguise. What happened with us happened on that podcast. My first part got destroyed somehow, and uh, I finally got to record it again, and it was great, and I was more energetic with it, and I kept my other part in, and my other part, I got real emotional about relationships, and I was really upset, and it, it was kind of cool. I was going to edit it and everything to get out, like, my sniffles and shit, but I felt like it was so, so... Uh, untouched unscratched that i'm digging into who i am and hopefully man like honestly if one person listens to it that's going through something and one person listens to any of these episodes and something changes in them for them not to go through a bad thing uh then me putting the work into this podcast what made it worth it nice and uh, what's the name of the podcast yeah it's called life's the answer because a lot of people i mean with suicide people think that's an easy answer and i'm trying to push the message that life is the answer right okay well we'll give you a chance to really plug it uh towards the end here uh but that definitely sounds like a podcast that a lot of people should follow subscribe to and wherever they listen to their podcasts you know because you know a lot of people listen to different podcasts about sports and politics and wrestling and all the other stuff why not have a podcast that provides you with that kind of insight so we'll plug that later on in uh, towards the end of the show here uh but let's get back into wrestling um we know that you're a promoter and you're also talent for one cw but we also know that you are uh, a part of fight club pro wrestling uh tell us about your experiences working with this relatively new young wrestling federation uh fight club is amazing the guys uh, Christian Kamikaze, Johnny Cross, all those guys that work Kazama. behind the scenes. Oh, Kam- what was it? Kazama. Kazama. I keep, I've been calling him Kamikaze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, I, I find that so funny to me now. Oh, Nobody's corrected me. Yeah, he, he, he never corrects you? I, I mean, maybe I've never called it to him, but nobody yeah. else has fucking corrected me. Yeah, no, Sorry. it's Kazama. It's his Chris Kazama. Listen, I've known known Kazama for like five plus years. Me and like I said, he helped me start uh, No Spots back uh, two years ago. So he's always indebted to me. But yeah, that's his name is Kazama. Go ahead, my fault. I am so 
Sorry, Christian. I apologize for you didn't hear me, but for all the times I've called you Kamagasi. <laughs> um, but yeah, Christian and Johnny and all the guys from JA, everybody, they work so hard in that company. And it's so great to see a community come together and build what they've built. Um, and, you know, I'm just a small piece to the puzzles they put together. Um, and Johnny reached out to me during the first show and uh, he was like, hey, I want you to be a part of it. And that was just a blessing in general from there on. Couldn't believe how awesome it was. And, and I feel like, you know, I've, I've positioned myself to be the top heel there and uh, people truly hate me there. So, I mean, not yeah. like outside the wrestling ring, but like in the ring, they truly hate me. And, you know, it's the first show that somebody ever like kind of got up from the fans and touched me, which was, which was uh, Trish's, I believe, mom. She grabbed my leg when I was stomping on Trish's arm. And it was probably the most purest wrestling reaction I've ever gotten um, at a show when Trish beat um, Darius Lockhart and uh, and Grimm. It was it was just truly amazing. Yeah, I know I was there for all of that. I remember that show. That was back in February. That was actually the last uh, show that would be held uh, in terms of an in-person audience before everything shut down due to the pandemic. And I remember. And I still get goosebumps to this day from the reaction from when Trish won the uh, the Pan African World Diaspora Championship. Uh, and I still I remember when uh, his, her when her mom did try to come after. I was like, oh man, like it's like that's how you know you 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 it's real. <laughs> um, but um, what what else about Fight Club do you do enjoy the most uh, in terms of? Because again, it's a very new new it's a new Fed. Um, it's but they they stress inclusivity uh, in inside their world. Balls company. Um, you know, no one care. I mean, um, no matter who that is, and I you take that for what you will in independent wrestling. But it's the people that run it that really separate the company. I mean, I can go work for 10 independents, but if the people aren't good that I work for, I don't really care for it. And there are so many great people there that make that company who it is. I mean, they, they dealt with so much bull to get where they are to even run shows. Um, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty dope that they uh, continue to, despite people making ultimatums, despite people, you know, kind of talking a lot of shit behind their backs. They, they kept persevering and, and just to be a part of some team that, that does that is pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I uh, I've known Kazama for uh, like I said five plus years. He helped me get uh, no spots off the ground, and now him doing this. And um, I've known I've known Kaiba for about a couple of years. Uh, the others I'm just meeting through this venture through to Chris, and it, it's just amazing to see uh, a black owned a black owned wrestling fed that's not only black owned but also very inclusive and also still keeps the natural uh feel of, of a professional wrestling uh company uh that's what i i appreciate about them the most is is that is that they they keep it still feeling like it's a professional wrestling show and nothing outside of that um so can i just say that the intermission at the pan-african tournament are my favorite things ever like you know, yeah. at other interviews, everybody just chilling, trying to sell some merch, the cool down. At Pan-African, it's like a party. Like, the first 
time people were dancing and everything. I'm like, and as a white guy, you don't see this shit anywhere. White people do like we don't. White people don't do this shit. Right. So I'm sitting here just losing my mind. Like this is so amazing. It, it was definitely it was definitely fun to, fun to watch. I definitely enjoyed it there. Um, and I think that's what makes it such a unique atmosphere is that the intermission, it wasn't just wrestlers sitting at a merch table, you know, pretending to be nice people to get people to buy the merch. They were actually, you know, people were dancing. Some of the performers are actually among the crowd talking with them and everything like that. And this is actually the show I actually got to meet Nala Rose in person. It was like a week or so after she had won the, um, uh, the women's championship. Yep. Um, so I got to actually meet her and talk with her and everything like that. And she's cool. As a matter of fact, I consider her a friend of the show because uh, she's cool and everything like that. So I got to meet her. So my question to you, um, when it comes to both 1CW and when it comes to Fight Club Pro Wrestling, what are some of your goals when it comes to both of those feds? I know one, you're a promoter as well as a talent, while the other, you're just your talent. But what are some of your goals, either short-term or long-term, when it comes to those two promotions? Yeah, well, um, so at Fight Club, let's start there. At Fight Club, cause just because we're on the roll with him, uh, with, at Fight Club, um, I, I feel I position myself as like the managerial heel. Um, and a lot of people think that at that point, I'm just trying to get myself over. But my real job is to get the baby faces over and to get talent that may not as well be known over. So at Fight Club, my long term is to build up their baby faces, to build up great stories when I'm given the opportunity and to continue to put myself in position where I can help this company to their top goals. Um, that's my job at Fight Club, whether that means, you know, I'm out of show, whether that means I'm going out and getting bumped around, whether that means, you know, I mean, whatever they ask me to do, I'll do for them because that company, um, like I said, is like a brotherhood, and I love those guys. At 1CW, um, I feel like, you know, I guess maybe not my time's up, but maybe my time isn't for me to try to become a traveling manager. Last year, I was traveling a lot. I went to Florida a bunch. I went to, you know, West Virginia, New Jersey. I was all over last year in Carolinas, everything. This, this year, my plan was to, and next year and moving forward, is my plan is to build up 1CW and make it a destination that young talents can come in and get seen. Um, you know, we just got uh, agreed to a deal to get on Roku with Beyond Entertainment. And uh, everybody was like, well, why didn't you go to IWTV or this, that, and the third? Well, Beyond Entertainment is a Delaware-based streaming service. And uh, I'm I'm always been a hometown guy, and I'm always a guy that wants to support um, everything around me. So being a Delaware-based, you know, streaming service, there's a lot of Delaware stuff that's on there from, you know, FFA stuff for kids to, um, you know, virtual reality stuff, the deep shows that are going on. Everything is Delaware-based. So I've invested into this, hoping to bring people into wanting to kind of come to Delaware that are far away. Maybe they're going to watch this for our product. So I guess, in short, my goal is to raise everything that invests and works around me up and you know continue to push kids that deserve it and guys like johnny cross and grim and guys that really just work their asses off and continue to become better and better constantly those are some really good goals really, really good goals um one of the things uh I've, I've noticed from a lot of guys who 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 are on the indie scene is that a lot of them have that that main goal of 
they want to make it to one of the bigger one of the bigger feds, whether it be uh, WWE, AEW, Impact, NWA, ROH, uh, go over to Japan, New Japan, uh, one of those. Do you see yourself? Do you have the aspirations to want to go to one of those bigger feds down the line? Um, if the opportunity came, yeah, I would take it in a heartbeat. Like if Cody Rhodes, for some stupid reason, called my cell phone this afternoon and was like, hey, want to sign you to an AEW contract, brother, brother. Um, I'd be like, brother, brother, I'm in. But um, my my goals really aren't that with wrestling. I've worked really hard to uh, build myself in a position in my shoot job where I'm happy. Um, I have a lot of personal things I'm doing. I'm going to school right now. So I have a lot of things that I'm doing personally that don't involve wrestling. So if, like I said, if somebody were to call me, I'm in 100%. But as far as the traveling and trying to do the pay your dues and go up and down the road and try to get seen as much as possible, I think I'm just content working in Delaware, Pan-African. If a Maryland company calls me, yeah, I'm in. If a Virginia company calls, I'll probably be in. But I'm just kind of trying to stay in this area and kind of work where I need to work. That's interesting. I uh... Because yeah, I know a lot of guys, they that that's their main thing. They want to go any and everywhere because they want to get seen and end up, you know, maybe getting to one of the bigger feds and things like that. Uh, one last question for you before we wrap this up. And one more thing I want to touch on in that last part. You said that, like, guys travel everywhere. And if any young independent wrestlers are listening, and I, I'm hoping there are some that take heed to this, the biggest advice I can ever give a young kid just breaking into the business is quality over quantity. There are so many guys that are so dead set on wrestling every weekend that they travel six hours to work at a Fed in front of 30 people. Um, You're not going to get seen there. Yeah, it could help you a little bit in the ring, but look at who you're wrestling around and who you're wrestling with. What do you think those people can teach you if they're only selling 30 tickets, the whole group of them? So I think a lot of times kids put the pressure on themselves to travel to these federations that don't draw just because they can say, oh, brother, I traveled. In the long run, you're better off to go training that night at a training school or a seminar that's so much better for you than to travel six hours to do a show for 30 people. Well, you actually just answered the question. I was getting ready to ask. I was getting ready to ask you. No, it's all good. No, it's all good. That that was perfect. But I'm going to expound on that and ask you, what other pieces of advice would you have? Let's say that there is someone listening to this podcast right now that is looking to get into professional wrestling game or is in the professional wrestling game just started maybe just started training or something like that what other what other bits of advice would you give them to help them to be successful and not go through not have to deal with early burnout or dis or you know how to deal with early disappointments things like that what kind of advice would you give them outside of what you just said about trying to limit where you go and where you wrestle um definitely pay attention to your circle um a lot of people get in these clicks and they're not good clicks for you um the one thing i talked about on my podcast is have your circle full of eagles not chickens chickens are those who just eat at the ground and take what they're given eagles have to go out and get their food and they fly high um, make sure you're around people that want to work at better places, that want to work hard, that want to get to those places. For example, my crew is simple. It's Miles, me, and Grim. Um, there's a couple of people that are interchangeable that fly in and out, but it's me, Miles, and Grim. Because when I was in that clique and we were, I mean, we're still a clique, but when we were traveling, 
we would go to your Florida's, we would go to the better places, but we weren't going to just a shindy just because we needed the work. We would take that weekend off and train or, you know, meet up and go over stories or, or watch film, just anything rather than put our bodies through something that we didn't need to. So I think get your circle that's willing to put the work in. And I'm starting to see it a lot more, which is amazing that these cats are getting in circles that are unique to that, that all these guys have the same mindset. They want to do the same thing. So they travel together. That's what you got to do because you'll burn yourself out quick being with the wrong people. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, it's, that's one of the things that, um, you know, I've noticed a lot. Like I said, I'm not in the industry, but all the guys that I know I've known for five plus years, they're in now and, you know, they're moving a lot differently. Uh, they basically move within their own circle as well to just, you know, make sure they go to the right places, even though right now with the current uh, global pandemic, um, it's, you know, it's been, it's been, it hasn't really been no shows, though. There's a lot of fans are starting to open up slowly, but surely. Um, do you have any final words or messages to anybody, any of your fans out there, any of your one CW fans, uh, before we uh, end this off? Well, um, I mean, my biggest thing right now is just tell everybody be patient. This, uh, it seems this virus is getting better and better. I know that might sound crazy, but uh, you see things opening up, so they are getting better. Um, and just be patient. 2020 is not a loss here. Um, we've been contacted by the Delaware State Athletic Commission saying that there's a no combat order for Delaware until 2021. But, uh, you know, 2021 is just around the corner. This is our time to reset and become back better fans, better people, better wrestlers. Um, I hope everybody's staying safe out there and mentally focused. Uh, you know, mental illness has been a big spike in this COVID. There are things that people aren't talking about. Suicide rates have went up. Uh, I had a friend who, I mean, I considered him a friend and he just went crazy. I, I really don't know how else to put it, but, uh, now all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a, a person that he attacks all the time, uh, on social media. So if you're going through mental problems, please, please reach out. You know, it's okay not to be okay. So let's, uh, let's all focus on each other right now and let's, let's get 2021 really cranked up. So everybody's in a good place for that. Amen. Amen. And where can they find, uh, the life is the answer podcast life's the answer podcast yeah so life's the answer podcast is on uh spotify and anchor right now and i don't know where else uh, they've given me so many notifications not on apple podcast because like we talked about the other day apple podcast is shitting on me and you right now yeah man like what's up man we said it earlier like hey apple podcast what's up you know <laughs> but Talk like me, dog. Be cool. what's going on exactly exactly but uh, Sean, again, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you being the first person that ha we have on the Through the Curtains uh, series. Uh, can't wait to see what you got, what you have in store going forward in 2020 and beyond. Yeah, thank you so much, and I appreciate it, man. And we'll have you on our episode soon. Excellent, excellent. All right, guys, that's it for this uh, first episode of, Through, of the Through the Curtain uh, podcast. Uh, make sure that you are following and subscribing to the No Spots podcast where we upload new episodes every Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, and keep an eye out for occasional The People's Review episodes of off events that may be happening that we may not be able to fit on a regular pod. So just keep an eye out on that as well. That may come up on a random as well. And then these right here, depending on when we do them, they'll go up on Saturday. So we appreciate you guys joining us. We appreciate Sean Carlson, a.k.a. Money Mark Carlson, joining us here. 
and we will catch you guys on the next episode of Through the Curtain. Hey guys, it's Champ here. We hope you enjoyed that episode of No Spots Podcast. If you did, make sure you are following us so you can be notified when we upload new episodes. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, facebook.com slash nospotspod, as well as on Twitter, at truenospotspod. We will catch you on the next episode. Myself, Donnie Wrestling, and The Sith for the No Spots Podcast on the True Radio Network.